My first contact with design thinking was when I created that that business, and I and I got totally um, amazed with that methodology. And that was the first time I did the exercise of empathizing with users to know what they really wanted from me in my course, right? And I did the exercises, okay? And I loved it completely, completely. I realized a lot of, of things about me that I didn't know. And that is something that, that design thinking and legal design have brought to my life. The, um, the ability to really care about others. Because when we are in a corporate environment, things are very robotical. At some point, I felt like I was a robot, actually. Like I was a machine, that everything was in automatic pilot. But when I started this this business and, this, and knowing about design thinking, I, I really started to care. Welcome to the Legal Creatives Podcast. Today, I have a special guest all the way from Panama City, who is a legal designer, an entrepreneur, and a legal advisor. Her name is Melissa Saucedo. She is going to share today on the podcast her passion for innovation and transformation and how it led her to found in 2019 Innovative Law, that is a boutique law firm with a fresh perspective specialized in alternative legal services. Thank you, Tessa, for this great opportunity. It's a pleasure for me to, to connect with you and all your audience and, um, and to tell you about a little bit of my story and, and where, where I come from and how do I start in, in all this great um, area, which is legal design that for example, in Latin America, especially Central America, especially Panama, is something totally new. And I think that I, I just opened a window this year. People right now want to know more and more and more, and the students also. I have built like a community of, of students because before Innovative Law, um, I started my, my first entrepreneurship on, on the legal area, which was, um, I created a legal training, a practical legal training for junior lawyer students, students who get out of the university and do, does not, doesn't know how to work actually like a lawyer, doesn't know how to, to draft contracts, to, to, to be a lawyer. I mean, you, you get out from the university and you're like clueless, okay, with a diploma and you, <laughs> you just doesn't know where to start. Well, I created a training to help those, those students, those new lawyers to, to actually be a lawyer. And uh, what I did is that I created like a professional training, um, totally practical, nothing with theory. Theory was done in the university and they were like working with me. I, the, the environment, everything was prepared to make them feel like they were in an actual office and and you know drafting stuff well i i focused in banking and corporate because at that time 
those were my areas of expertise. I worked for 15 years in, in banks as an in-house lawyer, um, and I had the opportunity to hire people, to train people. So I knew that that, that was something that I did like to do, to train, to teach, to, um, to help. Those were things that I really enjoyed when I was in the corporate, in the corporate area. And so eh, um, that's why I'm very grateful with you this opportunity because I, I, I think that there is uh, a lot of power when you teach, when you, when you tell people your story. I mean, mm -hmm. um, every, every, everybody have a different one and we can learn from everybody's story. I, for example, I am a big fan of storytelling, of, of hearing people in storytelling. I love to, to read biographies and, and, and all that kind of, of, of literature because as I said, every story has uh, a unique aspect and, and we can learn from others. As we can, as I'm learning from you. We are learning from each other and we must be learning from ourselves. And uh, this is why it's so interesting that you feel like you are so driven and passionate about teaching and mentoring and sharing your story. And so today on the show, we're gonna hear your story and throughout your journey, the new abilities you have learned. What is the abilities that you feel are really important for you now as a legal designer? Because this is also something that you do now with your um, boutique law firm on track to be spreading the news about legal design in Panama and beyond. And for that, you have already shared with me that there are a couple of skills that are really important. And uh, before, before we tell more about those skills, let's build a little bit the momentum here. Let's talk briefly about what got you to learn legal design and what got you interested in legal design because you've said you've been teaching you've been working in the corporate corporate world as an in-house counsel for 15 years what got you interested in legal design in the first place my first um contact with design thinking was when i created that that business right i i got coached I got a coach, uh, uh, an expert, um, and she taught me how to build a business with design thinking. Of course, it was a business focused on legal area because it was a training for lawyers. Okay, so that was like my first my first contact, and I and I got totally um, amazed with that methodology, and that was the first time I did the exercise of empathizing with users to know what they really wanted from me in my course, right? And I did the exercises, okay? And I loved it completely, completely. I realized a, a lot of, of things about me that I didn't know. And that is something that, that design thinking and legal design have brought to my life. The, um, the ability to really care about others because when we are in a corporate environment, things are very robotical. At some point, I felt like I was a robot, actually. Like I was a machine that only did, uh, you know, created documents, like tons of documents, and everything was in automatic pilot. But when I started 
this this business and this and knowing about design thinking, I I really started to care. So that was like my first um, lesson I have learned. And so well, I I began with my business it was very 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 good, and then the pandemic came, mm-hmm. <laughs> and or everything that has to do with physical trainings and everything just gone. It was just gone. So I in it was actually a year ago, a year ago, I remember exactly. I was like, okay, figuring out what, what was I going to do. At that time, I launched a new brand of planners called Legally. That is a, a planner made for female lawyers and female law students, okay? It's based on, on journal and how journaling can bring you um, closer to your goals. And well, someday I could show you the, the inside of the agenda, but um, I was launching the, the brand also with design thinking methodology. And I was, I, I went to that, to this shop and I think it was like an epiphany hat because I went to this shop where I buy my paintings because I paint, nice. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I really enjoy painting. And I was like, you know, shopping with my canvas, brushes, things. But this shop is a, is a place where you can buy everything about handcraft, uh, all these uh, the little things you, you use to, to, to create things. I mean, it is a very nice job. I love it. And every time I get into that shop, but that time especially, I just felt an incredible connection with everything that has to do with creativity. I mean, it was, I was looking at stuff and I said, I can do that with this. And if I buy this, I can do it. It was like, you know, and I knew that I had to shift my career at that point, knowing that physical training was not available anymore because of the pandemic. And I, and I said, okay, I'm not, I have to do a shift. I, I need to, to start doing a lot of the things I, I really love besides teaching, besides teaching. And at that point, I was reading a lot about it, of innovation, of, of the legal industry, how lawyers have evolved and everything. And I was uh, reading, a lo- reading about a lot about legal design and how you can take that methodology into the legal industry. And you know, having that moment at the job, taking in account that I really wanted to, to give a chief to my career uh, not be the traditional one and do new things. That was the moment that I decided to learn more about what legal design is. So I started to study by myself, okay? Because there is a lot of literature, a lot of bibliography, and and I started to follow people, join groups. I, I discovered legal creatives at that point, and I I said like, oh, this is very cool. What, what these uh, people are doing, but ah, what a shame they're only giving trainings, um, physical trainings, because at that point when I knew about legal creatives, uh, I think you didn't start with the online training, but and I, I, well, I started and I started to follow the gray, I mean, people who have a, a, a long trajectory in, in, in legal design. And every time I was reading, studying, I took a course, of course, of where I, I decided to certify myself, and that kind of stuff. And I, I discovered what an, a white, there's like a white mm-hmm. uh, scope we have with, with legal design. Mm-hmm. You know? So that, that was like the, the first 
like my my how, how it started and how it started and you, it was well, a white a white canvas because <laughs> there's a lot to do in the yeah. later design space since this is so new and yes. um, this is so interesting that you got this aha moment in this uh, little shop where you got to buy furniture for your own paintings. And very often, this is how we get the haha, the most unexpected times and places. We kind of making exactly. connections and suddenly we realize that there is an, a different path we can take or different decisions we can make. And then it's, it's great you decided to follow through and you got to learn a lot about legal design. And, and then that, that relates to caring as well, caring in this pandemic about how we can serve um, people, how we can serve with, you know, to be able to navigate this new normal. And I think caring is, is very important. And isn't it also one of the abilities you have learned and you wanted to share this empathy, how to have empathy? And is this something that, was natural to you? You said you've learned a lot about yourself when you did this workshop. Was the what did you learn about yourself? We want to know. <laughs> well, as I told you, um, when I was in the corporate side, uh, we used to be very to live in automatic pilot, right? So uh, we have task to do, and we do it, and that's it. You know? Uh, we don't have a lot of contact with clients directly when, when you're in a bank because you're, in, you're an in-house, right? So when I get out and I started to actually have my own clients and to, to please, I, I, I had the, the big task to please them, to give them a product that they will enjoy mm -hmm. and most important that they would um, learn with me the things that I wanted to teach them. So I had to figure out a way to understand students, to understand young people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was such a challenge for me, okay? Uh, uh, I remember me going to the universities when I was doing my research, I had to go to all the universities asking people things because I was doing, I was doing my survey. And at that time, I wasn't that technological, so I preferred to do it face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And I remember myself like asking people, in the in the universities and talking to them and and it was very very nice because <laughs> I mean I graduated from law school in 2007 I mean I, I, I'm 38 okay so it was a long time ago <laughs> and you know to to be back and, and remember how we used to think when it was when it was young uh -huh. um, definitely a, a lot of things have, have changed since then oh yeah a lot of things have changed <laughs> it's much more technological now I remember when I was in law school, uh, they were just books. They were not, we didn't have access to the electronic libraries. We didn't exactly. Have <laughs> yes. So it yes. was a very different uh, environment. So you got to relearn what it meant to be a, a law student. You got to put yourself in their shoes by talking to them, talking to the different, uh, the staff as well. And uh, just walking around because at the time we could we could we, we could be physically present and together. So walk around uh, the campus and get to get to get to really feel like what is it to be a student. And so and so what is one tip since 
empathy is one of the lessons you have learned. Now it would be really interesting to, for you to share one tip to, to get started with empathy. And since also you're a trainer, is there, is there any advice you would give to the audience? Well, I think the first, the first thing is that you need to decide to be empathetic with people. I mean, it all starts with your will of put users first. I mean, and, and forget a little bit about your own interest. Because what you want is to bring products or to sell a service that will actually fit their needs. And that is, that is a decision you need to take. Because if you're not able to change your own beliefs and your own traditional thoughts um, and open yourself on the on what really people what really people need, um, there is not there's not going to be an improvement. But if you say no, I'm, I'm I'm willing to open myself to other points of view because that is part of being empathetic to accept other points of view, um, then that that is a good start. Mm -hmm. That is a good start. The will, like this mindset of yours. This decision. So it's about making the decision to put the other first, to really be open to trying to, as deep as possible, to understand how they feel about this situation. So you can provide eventually a service, a tool, a solution, a product that could help them achieve their objectives, achieve their goals. And for that, you need to commit as well. And that, probably this is one of the hardest thing. Like everybody can say, well, okay, I'm gonna decide to be empathic, but then You know, how do you sustain that over time? <laughs> it, you, it requires a lot of patience. It requires a, a lot of um, a lot of care, and um, and I think some other skills that you're going to share because this this two other skills you want to share with us. Well, the second one has has a lot to do with the first one, which is tolerance. I mean, how can you tolerate others' points of view? You know, I I. For example, I have this anecdote recently had. I had this client, uh, she's a lawyer and she's opening a, a virtual law firm. She wants to innovate and well, she wants to give advice uh, online and that kind. So she, she hired me to um, to give give her the, the documents for the website, the, mm -hmm. the terms of use, the cookie policy, and the mm -hmm. data privacy policy, okay? That is what I am special, specializing right now. Um, so I, 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 of course, I, I like to talk with people, even if it's online, I, I like to, to know clients, not only be for a call, but to, to look at them, because I think that is part of, of this whole legal design, right? So, um, I was talking to her and she was explaining me what she wanted, everything about her firm and everything. And, and, and then I, uh, I said, okay, I will, I will give you my first draft in seven days and that this is how we're gonna work. And I began doing my, my job. And the day of, the, of the, the meeting where I was going to show her my draft, I, I really, I, This time I really put an effort to do something nice for her. I uh, stayed late, like two, three a.m. working. You have no idea how I effort I put into this. And the day of the of the meeting, she brings her husband, um, which was the one who was doing the, the web page, right? 
And I started showing him everything I did. And he was like, I, I, I really don't get this. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that is what we want. I prefer the plain, the plain oh, contract. Oh, the plain contract. Oh, let's talk about this for a moment. Uh, I prefer the, the black and white plain contract. Uh -huh. um, you know, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was like a, like a big bucket of, of cold water. Um, and it was like, okay, Melissa, you have to just calm down, you know, breathe, turn off the camera a little bit, breathe. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And of course. And that is, you know, I, I really prove myself because I tend to be very reactive. I, I used to be very reactive when I was in the corporate area and, it was because, and also because of my character. I mean, I, I, I have a, a strong character and, and I tend to react and, and I'm very proud how I managed the situation this time because I don't know where it, where it, come, where it came from, but I, I got to explain all the benefits that legal design could bring to the image of the website because she was selling herself as, a, as an innovative law firm. How can you have plain contracts? No, <laughs> give your, your website a good buy when people get into, into your webpage, right? So I started to talking about him, all the benefits that design will bring to the terms of use of his website. And then we, we, we just got along and, and he was uh, also tolerating my point of view and the, the, the vibe went different, mm. went from being complicated to everybody was like understanding each other, harmony. Nice. <laughs> so um, yeah, at the end, I, I told them, okay, I will give you the, the contracts with the design and I will give you the contracts in the plain, in the plain way. And you will decide which one you want to use, but I will give you both alternatives. So sometimes we have to deal with that. And that is tolerance to know how to accept other people's points of view, um, even if they are not compatible with yours. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I'm very proud how I manage the situation this time. Really. This is how creativity comes from chaos. You know, conflict can create new ideas. If we all on the, if we all, you know, if we all have the same opinion, the same views, then, you know, we're not evolving either. So in some cases, conflict is good. It's also giving us an opportunity to improve. And I think in this case, it gave you a great opportunity to advocate for the legal design approach, to list the benefits, but to do that with calm, and then to leave it up to them to decide, which is great. Yes, yes, yes. It was it was a, a, a proof that this methodology is not always. I mean, people will not always react the way you want, because in everything that is new, you know, there is this. Um, I don't know if you have heard about this. Um, how I I, I I forgot the name. This author that talks about the innovation theory. You know, that they say that when there is an innovation, there is like the 17% of people who adopt it at this app at first, then the others, and then the, well, 
this is happening with legal design. Right now, there is a minority of people who understand it and embrace it. And there is a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, other much people, tons of people that actually don't, one, don't understand what it, what it is exactly and how it will benefit their business. And, and third, they, they are like, okay, well, I will wait for them first and then I do it. That, that is happening with legal design. In, in my country, as I told you before, it's totally you know, early yes, stage. Very new, very new. Well, with novelty comes with challenges, you know, you need to advocate for it, you need to educate, you need to inform. And, uh, and it seems like you've, you've dealt with this situation in a, in a very nice, very professional and very productive way. So thanks so much, Melissa, for sharing this, this story. That was a story about tolerance, which is the second ability that you have learned on your legal design journey after empathy and so it's, it's true that legal design requires us to develop new skills skills we probably already have as humans but we're not even aware so it's helping us you know be better be better human beings so we can be better professionals in this field and uh, what about the last ability that you have learned on your journey after empathy after tolerance What's next? What is the next advice you're going to give our audience today, Melissa? Well, the third one is, is resilience. I mean, um, that is something that I think that every designer needs, not only in the legal area, every designer. Because what you give people is a result of your creative process, right? People ask you for a service and you go through this process to create something beautiful, something useful. And that is what you give to people. But when people don't like what, what the result of your creativity is, sometimes we feel bad with ourselves. And I have read a lot of, of, of stories about uh, depression in the designing field uh, when, when, when clients don't like what you do. And, and that has stopped a lot of designers, very creative, beautiful designers to, to stop their work. And that is what I don't want to happen to me. So I have to, took this opportunity, these struggles, these obstacles, um, because th there have been a, a lot of times where, where people uh, want to maybe to, to take uh, the, the value of the work of, of what legal design bring. And in those moments are when you when you need to keep yourself motivated to understand situations, to understand this innovation theory that nobody likes things at the same time. That is a process, that is a work you have to do. And that have kept, kept me motivated and, um, and willing to do each better, each day better. To, mm -hmm. to it, it actually have been like a, like a, like this fool, like diesel or gasoline, to make me learn more, be better, train yourself more. Mm -hmm. New, I mean, start to new from the from the from the people who have more experience than you, and and learn about that. So, and you know, resilience have brought me to my next project, my personal project, which I'm gonna tell you right now. And I'm gonna show you when it's ready. What I what I want to give you a, a sneak peek. 
Mm-hmm, exciting. Yeah, I since I have I've been struggling with different points of view and you know people who want something and then the husband says he, he didn't want that. Uh-huh. I I decided to create like a to improve actually but the checklist that I use for clients. I have decided to to make um, um, maybe a more empathetical empathetical guide um, where I'm going to add not only this, the, the common question you ask when you start a project like your brand, your name, it's like I want to people look at graphics, look at icons, look at colors, see how will their contract will look and, and tell me, okay, I like squares, I like purple, I like icons, or I hate icons, for yeah, example. Yeah. I don't like pictures, or, or, or yeah, I like them. So I can understand better, you know, read them, try uh-huh. to get to read so them. You, you're going to customize the legal design experience according to your client's preferences with colors, uh, maybe fonts. Maybe um, it could be uh, visual features that they may like or not like. So also exactly. it's a great way to, uh, to showcase what's coming up. You know, it's a preview of what's coming up for the client as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then I think we will save time, my, my time and their time. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is something I've been thinking, and I said no. I know I have to do it, and I wanted, but I, but I have took. It have took me so long because I wanted to do it um, online. I mean, yes, you want um, to sort of put it as a digital platform of some sort, or exactly, mm-hmm. ex- exactly. I want, I wanted to like a test, like an interactive, interactive test. Mm-hmm. When you take a personality test, for example, mm-hmm. like that, something like that we show me some results and show me statistics. And so I can have a bigger picture. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's an amazing project. Thank you so much for sharing with me and with the audience. This is so creative. And this is you such a perfect example of what we need to do in legal design is to constantly improve, to learn from our mistakes, our struggles, to learn also from feedback, so we can constantly improve. I like to say that we're not competing with others, we're competing with ourselves. It's to be better than yesterday and better than the month before and better than the year before. And so uh, I think this is why when you check the Legal Creative website, I don't know when it was, but we were reworking our online academy, which we had opened since the beginning, since 2017. But then we, we started to do in-person trainings, especially in Brazil. And I was about to do the same in Europe. And with the pandemic, it didn't happen. And so we took the opportunity to rework the entire academy experience. And so it's about learning constantly and improving constantly and not being afraid to make changes and to have confidence that with the experience we are gaining, we cannot get it wrong. We can only get closer to the ideal product, the ideal platform, the ideal service. But I think the ideal is always improving, right? That's why Amazon is so, whether we like it or not, it's so successful. It's constantly improving. 
constantly, never stops. It's never stopping innovation. What is one thing you wish you had known before? Because, I mean, let me just start again. You have an impressive career. You've been working in-house. You started innovative law and you are serving uh, clients, whether they are other legal professionals, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, maybe even corporate clients, I'm sure, um, with the legal services and, you know, using legal design. So you've gone a long way from your corporate job where, as you said, you felt like a robot almost. Yeah. Now you're talking about empathy, you're talking about tolerance, resilience. What is one thing you wish you had known when you began your, this career, this new career of yours? Well, uh, well, I think I I wish I have discovered legal design a long time ago. <laughs> but well, here we are. Here we are now, and I'm but, totally... but, but 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 why why tell us why you wish you had discovered legal design because you would have started earlier or why? I I would definitely have started earlier because I'm totally in love with the methodology. I have learned how to be more practical myself. I mean, when I am when I'm drafting contracts, when I am writing a letter, when I am doing things, I constantly uh, apply the methodology because I I um, now I do uh, you know I'm less how do you say that word in English bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. I'm less bureaucratic now, and I uh, all all my job has become so much practical and, and efficient. I've became more efficient since mm -hmm. I I have discovered legal design, um, and and I'm also very fan of, of everything that has to do with minimalism. So I think that um, legal design brings uh, this this uh, this minimalism to contracts and how to you know I like to make people feel good. And, mm -hmm. and legal design helped me as a lawyer make my clients feel better and improve their business and to make them uh, earn more <laughs> at yeah, the end. Yeah, sure, because they, they understand better the contracts and their own clients understand the contracts better. I love exactly. minimal, minimalism as well. We have a lot in common here. But uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I love minimalism in design, but also in life. I tend to say less is more. The yeah. less belongings I have, the more mm, I feel, the more productive I get. I have less things to take care of. So I have more time and space to think, to create, and to do whatever matters. Because at the end of our lives, we're not taking any of those stuff with us. No. So we, don't need to take, we don't need to be so worried about all of those things. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, it it um it began exactly the day I left the corporate side. I had, I remember, I I had five five big bags where I put a, a lot of suits, clothes, purses, things that I like. I'm not gonna use this again in a while, so I will just keep the ones I like. Absolutely. And I started with all this, uh, also to to read about minimalism and how and how it can help you in your life. So yeah, I think that legal design really combines minimalism in the yeah, in the absolutely. in the commercial. So you've been learning a lot about legal design, and you said you've read a lot. 
Uh, are there any resources that really help you along the way that you would like to share? And 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 yes, there is the this the, the playful hand guide, the playful guide. I have I have the, the guide and, and I have and I have one that is not about legal design, it's about design. Mm-hmm. Design that because it gives you the pers- another perspective, not from the legal side, from the creative uh, environment of what means to be a designer. At the mm-hmm. end, every time we write a clause, every time we draft a contract, we are designing things. So we are like designers. We are original designers. And 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 I recently bought a new one because I'm I'm very now into the UX area and the UX interaction interaction design. I bought one called um, that is um, designed for interaction. It's called. It's very nice because it. it it helps you understand how people think, or what people want every time they get into a, into a platform, the website is very is very nice. So yeah, I can share with you. So does it mean you also doing the design yourself whenever you are drafting contracts or other legal documents? Are you the one who actually does the the whole design, or do you work with external designers? No, I do everything. You do all of the design yourself. I do everything from the text until the until the yeah the, the graphics the graphics. Wow. That's um, but but uh, as as I am not a graphic designer, I have learned a lot of things. But I'm not a graphic design graphic designer. I think that's why this new guide I want to I want to launch will help me with that process. It's impressive. You got to do all of this, you know, on your own. That took a lot of courage. But also, it shows it's possible because you've been uh, setting up your new business. It's uh, successful. Uh, the feedback is great. You also get to do a lot of education with your own clients about the benefits, as you have shared with us. And so, is there one common myth about being a legal designer or doing legal design that you would like to debunk with us? a myth about legal design that is really not true? Yeah, well, I think that um, people think that legal design isn't um, something that can actually help business and that there is an area of law that doesn't help, I mean, that doesn't bring you benefits at all. Uh, maybe because they haven't learned how to measure it. You know, I think yeah. that that is one of, the, of the, the biggest challenges we are, as designers have. is like to learn how to measure and teach clients how, how if we measure the benefits uh, and they will see like tangible benefits, maybe they will just say, okay, this is something I need in my company. I need a legal designer to help you with contracts in my company. So uh, to answer your question, the, the myth will be legal design does not bring tangible benefits to a company. That is so false. That is very false. And I have I have proved to clients that when they're, their suppliers, when their own customers understand contracts, understand the rights, the obligations, and the, the the not that beautiful part of contracts, which are the in the in the nations and all that have to do with um, 
indemnities or indemnities, and all that have to do with penalties and all that kind of stuff that nobody likes to read. But actually, even, even in that moment, clients feel that there is a transparent relationship that is trust. And when you have trust in your business, you increase, I mean, you increase your, your volume of customers. Yes. So yeah, to me, the need is that legally time is not useful. It doesn't bring benefits, totally false. Totally false. <laughs> I love that you say that. I couldn't yeah. agree more, of course, but now the challenge is to show the tangible benefits, as you have said, and to keep advocating and keep showing the tangible outcomes and the return on investment. Now I have one tricky, tricky question for you since we talk about empathy, we talk about putting ourselves in the shoes of someone else. Let's say for a moment you're the host of the show. You are the host of the show, just for a moment. And okay. is there any question you would like to ask either me or maybe a question you actually would like to ask yourself that I didn't ask you? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. But yeah, I mean, okay, two questions. One for you and one for me. For you, I want to, to ask you, Uh, how did you manage to make people believe in legal design in such an exponential way that you today have, I mean, you have such a big community, um, you have built a name of mm -hmm. yourself in legal design. How did you do that? I think the first answer that came intuitively to me was like, first, I needed to believe myself in this methodology and I needed to also believe in my own capacity to bring this methodology to the next level. So I think the belief that it is possible is the beginning of the journey. When I started in 2013, well in fact maybe even before that, but let's say 2013 I discovered creativity I discovered creativity not in an artistic way. I was already involved in artistic pursuits, as you, amateurs, not professional. And then I realized creativity was also a methodology. And uh, uh, there's a process to follow. And there are skills you need. And then I got to say, I'm going to bridge it with the law. Since I've learned the law, which probably in the first place, I think if I knew I could be a designer, I think I would have done design. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't even know. I, didn't, I don't think designers existed. Or if they existed, it was really not mainstream. But since I had the legal, ba legal background and now I discovered creativity, I got a coach that helped me to dis make some decisions. And then it was natural, legal and creativity. Hence, legal creative existed. So I think to believe in, in what we do and to believe in ourselves and to continue no matter, no matter what. I think this is what helped me to, 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 to do what I do right now. Great, great. Very bold, very bold um, decisions you, you made at that point. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and this is the other thing that is important. Whatever you do, you have to do it with conviction. Because if exactly. you don't believe in yourself in the first place, how can you expect 
others to believe in you. This is why this believing in yourself is the first thing. And then, of course, you have to educate. I educated myself. I experimented a lot. I researched. So it was not just, believe me, this, this is great. Always, I, I knew it was going to be great, but I had to do all of the research as well. But the belief in uh, believing in ourselves is key. And so key. everyone who's listening, whatever you believe in, believe in yourself with conviction and then do the work, of course. Do the work, educate yourself, learn, experiment, test, use the methodology to create whatever you want to create. Now you have a question for yourself as well, Melissa. Yes, I think that the question for myself is something that I ask myself every day. Would I, would I be doing this for the next 10 years, for example? Do you see yourself doing this for the rest of your life? That is something I ask myself when I am struggling with difficult clients. And the question is, yes, definitely yes. I mean, I, I finally think that I found something I really like and love. You have no idea how, I mean, I get, I get really happy when I know that in my to-do list, I have to do a design. I mean, for example, you have called the client, send the email, do a, a sketch, and I get like super thrilled <laughs> every time I know that in this day, I have to sketch things and create things. I mean, it's, I, I think that at the end, if you feel that way in your work, I mean, there is nothing else you need to 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 convince yourself of. You, yeah, I'm, I'm, true. I'm, to do what you love is the best way to convince yourself that this is the right thing to do. Exactly. I, I really enjoy it. You have no idea how how I enjoy to draft, to sketch, the colors, the pictures. I'm super visual, so I, I that is like my style. And um and, and I, I enjoy it. I can't, ex I can't explain it. <laughs> I just can't explain it. It's something I, I, I like, I enjoy. And well, yes, it's something you were made for. So it's great. You're using all of your abilities, your capacity to visualize since you're also painting in your free time. So you're sort of using, reusing the, the skills that you have. And you are able to incorporate that in your job as, as a lawyer, as the founder of innovative law and and so you're able also at the same time to transform and to educate which is part of yes. what is your mission all about so yes. how can we connect with you melissa yes well you can find me in instagram at innovative law at innovative law i have a website that is innovativelaw.com uh, my email is hello.innovativelaw and also on hello. linkedin mm -hmm. <laughs> You can find me in LinkedIn and you can find me at Innovative Law. That is my company, <laughs> um, uh, my company profile. But I also have my own profile, which is Melissa Saucedo. And I, I am always like um, posting articles and stuff and things that I am doing. So you can find me. You have a lot of ways to find me. I really encourage you to connect with Melissa. If you have also any follow-up questions, uh, if you just want to expand your network with legal designers from around the world, Melissa is based in Panama. And uh, it's been a pleasure to 
connect with you and to get to know you better. We've learned so much. I've learned so much from listening to your story. And I really love the fact that you've been invested so much into uh, this legal design journey and designing your ideal firm and your ideal services using the methodology of design thinking applied to the law. So thank you so much, Melissa, for being here on the show today. And um, I can't wait to see you grow. Make sure to connect with Melissa and uh, can't wait to see you get even more creative and innovative in the years to come. Thank you, Tessa. Thank you for this great opportunity. I really enjoyed also my talk with you. I've learned a lot from you and I really appreciate um, that I uh, that I received this great information and all the, the lessons and and hearing you how you you just um, manage to to be in the place you are right now for me is is awesome. So thank you again. Thank you all. Thank you everybody who who took the, the time to hear me. And I'm here for you anytime you need me. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this week's episode with my special guest, Melissa Saucedo, make sure to share this episode with a friend or a colleague. Sharing is caring, but sharing is also learning. In fact, what I highly recommend you do is to get to listen to this new season with some colleagues so you can get to share your own insights from listening to the legal design stories from around the world. If you need anything, you are always welcome at Legal Creatives. We have grown the biggest and most engaged community in the legal design space. We have an incredible academy where we have members that are learning legal design through practice, taking part in some incredible legal design challenges. And if you are willing to get started or if you want to be even more outstanding, you are always welcome inside the Legal Creatives community. Just visit legalcreatives.com in order to get started today. Also, our expert certification training is now in progress. So if you would like to be a part of the next cohort to get certified as an expert in legal design using all of the tools and all of the frameworks that we have in stock, then make sure to visit legalcreatives.com to register to the next expert certification training. We are only certifying a limited number of experts every single year. And so if you would like 2021 to be your legal design year, I highly recommend that you check out the expert certification program. Next week, you will get to discover another story from a new guest. This guest is going to share about his entrepreneurial journey through legal technology. You will learn so much from his story. I can't wait to hear your feedback, your insights. And so make sure to subscribe to the Legal Creatives podcast on your most favorite podcast platform so you can be notified when the next episode is released next week.